Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Could the New Orleans Pelicans actually trade Zion Williamson? What package could tempt them enough to pull the trigger? Also, do the Spurs really deserve Victor Wembenyama? And the commissioner's response to the A's reverse boycott. Has Bay Area fans heated? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It did not take long after the NBA Finals for the rumor mill to start a-churning. The latest with reports that the New Orleans Pelicans would be open to trading their star Zion Williamson for a package that would potentially include Scoot Henderson, which is another way of saying the New Orleans Pelicans are open to trading Zion Williamson full stop. Jake Madison from Locked on Pelicans joins me now. And let's start there before we get to the Scoot Henderson of it all, Jake. This idea that the Pelicans would be willing under whatever circumstance to move on from Zion tells you what? It tells you a couple things. It tells you they're a little bit frustrated. And I'll push back on saying they're open to trading him because okay. this is directly tied to Scoot Henderson, I think. But it shows you that he is not necessarily an untradeable guy. You know, he's played 29 games the past two seasons. There's been injuries in all four years of his time in the NBA. There's questions about his maturity level. Is he committed to being a true professional? There's been some friction between him and the front office and the medical staff, which they're changing right now. So with all of that, maybe they feel it's a slightly untenable situation, or maybe they just feel that he'll never be out there on the court or never reach his full potential. And if you want to win in the NBA, you know, one of the sayings is the best ability is a availability yep. and he has not done that just yet so it shows you that he could be on the move but this is not the Pelicans shopping him this is not the Pelicans being open to trading him to any team this is maybe including him in a deal for Scoot Henderson whether that's with Charlotte or Portland because Scoot Henderson won't go beyond won't last beyond the third overall pick so it's really tied to that I think early on the Pelicans identified they really liked Scoot Henderson in this draft you know if it wasn't Wemby in this one, he would be the number one overall pick, I think. They view him as a Russell Westbrook type of lead guard that can, you know, carry a team, lead a team. I think they're willing to bring that guy in, but this isn't, say, trade him to the Houston Rockets who have the fourth pick or trade him to Detroit who have the fifth pick. This would be a Zion centerpiece for Scoot Henderson. Why, why come out now that, hey, we love Scoot Henderson, that would be our guy? What, what is the benefit to doing that? You know, one, you've got to wonder if those leaks are coming from Charlotte trying to drive up the price right. for that I, pick. I, yeah. You know, all of a sudden, hey, the Pels might include Zion. Other teams are going to have to come with pretty big offers, depending on how you feel about him in, your, in his injury history, and there's a risk there. You could also see this as simply being a message to Zion Williamson and the Pelicans saying, like, we're sick of all of this. You know, one of the leaks that came out coming from Shams and The Athletic was simply they view Scoot Henderson as a culture builder. A guy that can lead a team, and you heard words like leadership, culture, a, guy, a foundational piece. Look, that's a shot at Zion Williamson. There's no getting around that. That's saying you haven't shown us that just yet. And it might not just be for Zion. You know, you could include Brandon Ingram, their other star player, in a trade like this. And I think you could also claim that he's lacking some of that leadership. And there's been some frustrations with him, too. Missing 29 straight games with a toe injury that the team didn't think was maybe that serious. I want to ask you about the Brandon Ingram part of this because, in a way, I hear this. 
And if it is in fact true that this this could be a potential thing that New Orleans is open to, isn't that in a way a vote of confidence in Brandon Ingram who could just as likely be in a conversation like this if you're going to make a trade, if you love Scoot? Like you have this other piece that you could be sending. Now, maybe it's because that wouldn't get the deal done, but it just seems interesting to me that Brandon Ingram is not the name in this report. It's Zion Williamson. It, it is Zion Williamson. I wonder if he's in the report because he's the bigger name. You know, if I had to pick between the two, I think they're leaning towards keeping Zion Williamson. He had a meeting with ownership just the other day. They basically said, like, we, we support you. They were congratulating him on his upcoming child. I think that's kind of saying, like, we still want to be in the Zion Williamson business. You know, they are restructuring their player care and performance team, uh, you know, that has Aaron Nelson, who's kind of a vaunted name in NBA circles. That was a big hire when David Griffin took over and kind of changed things over with the Pelicans to now all of a sudden be getting rid of that guy because he and Zion Williamson didn't get along too well. You don't do that if you're just going to turn around and trade Zion Williamson. So I still think if I'm trying to read the tea leaves and talking with people with the team, it's more likely if a deal gets done that w would include Brandon Ingram, but also keep in mind, you know, we're talking a lot about this. These type of trades are tough to get done and Charlotte yep. tends to really value that pick. And I've heard even our locked on Hornets uh, hosts say they would expect to get a Rudy Gobert type of haul for that number two overall pick. And the Pelicans won't do something like that necessarily. Stay up to date all year on the New Orleans Pelicans by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on Pelicans on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, do the Spurs deserve to have the number one pick? Before we get to that, DeAndre Hopkins visited another potential suitor. Make your way to FanDuel right now for an amazing introductory offer. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the U.S. Open to Major League Baseball, the WNBA, and so much more. The Rangers are on a tear so far this season, but find themselves home dogs to the Blue Jays tonight. FanDuel has odds on the Rangers winning plus 116. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele both shot a first-round 62 at the U.S. Open on Thursday. It's the lowest score for the U.S. Open ever and has only ever been done once before in any other major tournament. Fowler had this to say after his round. No, it's it's nice to, to be back in a, in a good position and, and back inside the top 50 in the world and um, obviously want to continue to move forward and, and up. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that was a long Thursday last year. Uh, I, I got some good work in, but um, yeah, nice nice to be actually out on course. This is somewhat expected for someone like Xander Schauffele first. Ricky Fowler, it is not. This is a former superstar who is still very much in the public eye, still in all of those commercials you might see, but had not been a meaningful golfer in five years, but has clawed his way back. This was supposed to be a golf course at LACC that tore these players up. High rough, undulating greens, undulating fairways, where if you didn't hit it in just the right place, you'd be in trouble. 
That was not the case. Not a single player on the field shot 80 or higher. It was one of the best opening rounds in U.S. Open history. And to have it from someone like Ricky Fowler is a great, great testament to his perseverance. To be more than just a brand, to be a championship-level golfer. He could have just gone and rested on his laurels, flown his private jet to Baker's Bay and played shirtless golf with Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. But he wanted to compete. And now he's back in contention at a U.S. Open. Pretty cool. The New England Patriots entertained DeAndre Hopkins on Thursday. Reports indicate both sides are now expected to take some time to assess their next steps, as is always the case in these scenarios when they don't come to an agreement right away. Hopkins has not been in a rush to sign with the team and is considered waiting until closer to training camp in late July to make a move. Likewise, the Patriots officially conclude their offseason program on Friday with about a one-month hiatus before they expect their players to come to camp. Reports were, though, Hopkins appeared intrigued by the possibility of playing for New England and coach Bill Belichick. The Kansas City Chiefs got to see their Super Bowl rings in a private ceremony on Thursday. According to Justin's, the company that made the Super Bowl rings, each one contained 613 diamonds. That's a lot of diamonds. 35 rubies and over 16.1 carats of precious stones. The Chiefs welcome back a number of players and coaches now with other teams for the ceremony. Patrick Mahomes had this to say about the rings. It's cool to be able to have two of them now. Yeah, two. Two's better than one. On the diamond, not not those kind, the Baltimore Orioles continue to prove they're one of the best teams in the American League after getting another series win, this one over the Blue Jays. That's another series win for the Baltimore Orioles. And this one, well, it means a little bit more when you can take down a divisional opponent, especially when it is the Toronto Blue Jays. Orioles win it four to two on Thursday afternoon to take two out of three in the series, now five and one against the Jays this year. Connor Newcomb here, host of Locked on Orioles. And the O's just kind of did all the little things in this game. Six and two-thirds, strong innings from Tyler Wells. Bullpen, they finally got to use Yenye Cano and Felix Bautista after five days off. Both of them pitched fairly well. Bautista better than Cano, but both were good enough to get the win. Austin Hayes homers, Adley Rutschman homers. The Orioles get a couple of key hits in the game and win just a clean baseball game on Thursday to take the series. You love to see it, love to see it in division, and I'll recap it all on Friday's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Here is another story you need to know. Our Locked On NBA hosts put together the ultimate mock draft when each of our local hosts make picks for their teams. Each pick then analyzed by our draft experts. For the first pick, the Spurs target is clear. But as our Locked On hosts point out, they may not be the most deserving. Anyone else, like... Find it at all, I don't know, largely annoying that the team that invented tanking keeps profiting off of it. Yeah, it's it stinks that they, they, they they've gotten hilariously lucky. They didn't do anything special to get the 14 percent luck they got to get Wemby. And oh, look at the Spurs. They're just geniuses. Look, look they managed this perfectly. They've been awful for years. They traded away Kawhi Leonard uh, for nothing because they mismanaged that entirely. They don't deserve this at all. But hey. That's the way the lottery rolls. It stinks, but that's life, I guess. Woo! 
All right. Any reaction from you guys on all of that? <laughs> it's like in high school when there's this guy that has the prettiest girl on on campus, and the other guys are like, "How did he get her? Like, what does he have?" That's exactly what that sounded like to me. Yeah, man, sour grapes going on in the war room there. Yeah. If they invented tanking, clearly they know what they're doing. It's like the A's of, of uh, the NBA draft here. Let's do it. Hey, I'm an A's fan. And yeah, was, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and all our players went to the Yankees. I haven't watched baseball since. Listen, I'm an, well, it doesn't matter. This is NBA. Not a, yeah. Go Braves. That's all I got to say. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm just going to cut you guys <laughs> off here. Our pick is in. Let's go to Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs with the first overall selection in this year's Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special. Hey, this is Jeff Garcia with Locked On Spurs and with the first pick in the Locked On NBA mock draft. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Locked On Spurs is picking French big man Victor Wembanyama. Spurs finally get themselves the corner piece, that franchise player they desperately need since the big three era was over. And now with Victor on board, plus the current roster, they got a lot of seasoning last season in the NBA. Uh, this Spurs rebuild is now fast tracked. He has the height, the skill set, plays like a guard, plays like an alien, as many call him. And the Spurs are be. Let's just say luck is always in the Spurs side whenever it comes to the NBA draft lottery and a generational big man. In this case, Wembanyama. Hey, I've been through this before. David Robson, Tim Duncan, now Wemby. Yeah. Spurs will be back on the mountaintop sooner than later. Yeah, and I think that's spot on. Sooner than later is the trend, it seems, for the Spurs. They've already got some other young talent in place with small forward Keldon Johnson, who's a really strong defender, Devin Vassell, and some other you know really young stars who are emerging. Uh, Raphael, how do you see Wemby fitting into the picture for the Spurs? But first of all, he said, finally, like it's been a 20 year wait. I mean, Tim Duncan just retired not too long ago. And before that, they had David Robinson. It, I mean, finally, it's kind of like, I don't know, the Sacramento Kings getting a franchise changing player. But I mean, I just think that it's the guys on the team. They have to fit around Wimbayama. He is the man. Everything is going to be built around him. And, and so you know, if you don't fit in with Victor, then, then you're probably, you know, heading out of San Antonio. But I do think that he is a easy guy for players to, 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 to play with and fit around. Number one on the defensive end, he's going to make everybody better. If you're a defender that struggles with keeping a man in front of you, if you get beat off the dribble, you have someone to clean up, clean up your mistakes. And then offensively, I mean, he can score as your vertical lob threat. He can space the floor. And so he's one of the few players that I feel like any system he fits and he can make the players around him better. So it shouldn't be too hard for, for the, the fit in San Antonio for the players and Victor to adjust. I mean, 7-5 with perimeter skills, absolutely going to be scary in the NBA. Now, one of the questions I was asking myself is you've also got one of the most seasoned and widely considered the best coaches in the NBA and Greg Popovich, who's going to be leading this charge. Isaac, how long do you think Pop sticks around to see this out? Oh, if I'm Pop, I'm sticking around till they pull me out of there on a gurney dead. Right? <laughs> like if he is the if Wemby's the player we all think and hope he's going to be. Greg Popovich, like maybe we'll actually get like a happy media scrum out of him one day because he's so happy Ooh. with Wemby. What's interesting about this whole thing, I love what Raphael said about you have to fit around Victor. 
we go back to everything with David Robinson and Tim Duncan, that was about David Robinson, the Admiral, taking TD under his wing and teaching him the ways and being those twin towers together. Wemby's not going to have that. So who is going to provide for him that first year NBA tutelage? Maybe it's Pop himself. I'm curious to see. Catch every pick of the ultimate NBA mock draft by subscribing to Locked On NBA on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Rob Manfred left a lot to be desired with his response to the A's reverse boycott. Oakland baseball fans are furious. After an extraordinary night at the Coliseum, the commissioner of baseball essentially responded by saying, that's cute. Locked on A's host Jason Burke believed the commissioner's response, let's just say, left a lot to be desired. He spit on it with his words. Here we go. Uh, Manfred on the reverse boycott by fans of the Oakland Athletics. Quote, I mean, it was great. It is great to see uh, what is this year almost an average Major League Baseball crowd in the facility for one night. That's a great thing. Thanks, Rob. Thanks. You know who didn't help with that? The actual team on the field. I don't mean the players. I mean the team, the product that ownership has been putting out has been crap before they went on their seven game win streak, which is now gone. They were 12 and 50. People were buying tickets when this team was worse than 12 and 50 or worse. They, they had, they won six games in two straight months, three now, I guess it, I guess seven months in this month, whatever. It doesn't matter. They haven't been a good team. We've been kicked. We've been dragged around. Prices have increased. They've doubled. Parking doubled. Season ticket prices have been gone up. Uh, they, you don't get the same perks of being a season ticket holder anymore. They've made it so much harder to go enjoy a baseball game for just a little bit of money. I remember when I had season tickets in 2012, I got 20 games for like 200 bucks. It was amazing. That's not available anymore. Nope. It's at least hundreds of dollars to go now. For this team, after they have traded away all of our favorite players, all of the stars that are MVP candidates on other teams, this is what we're this is what we're supposed to show up and show out for and support the owner. That's not how this works. It's a symbiotic relationship. You want money? You got to put something on the field. What in what other business do you provide a service? And if it's crap. You expect people to still pay a premium to go see it. This is bigger than what happened in Oakland as well, or what is currently happening. For the athletics to run the team the way that they have over the last mm, 20 years, cut this payroll to the bone every year, made famous the idea of being able to win games the cheapest way possible. To now say... Yes, fans that you've been loyal all this time, we're going to move to Vegas because it is most advantageous to us financially. We do not care about you, the fan. We have never cared about you, the fan. And now every team is incentivized to do the same. That's a bad look for baseball. And it's bad news for teams in small markets that have owners with deep pockets who are going, nah, I can move to somewhere else to Nashville, to Portland, and have an opportunity at a big payday because these states, these municipalities, they are lining up to give us money to build stadiums. And we'll go. And we'll take it. And, and you will be left 
without a team, sorry. Sorry, we're not sorry. It's not ideal. And finally, the shoes from Michael Jordan's flu game were sold at auction. Presumably the flu germs are gone. The sneakers that Jordan wore that night have sold for $1.38 million with collectibles marketplace Golden. This isn't the first time these shoes have sold, though. Preston Truman, the jazz ball boy that Jordan gave the sneakers to, originally consigned them to Gray Flannel Auctions in 2013 when they sold for under $105,000. This sale is only the second biggest auction for the game-worn shoes, though. The biggest are another pair of Jordans, the Air Jordan 13 breads that Jordan wore in the second half of Game 2 of the 1998 Last Dance. That sold for $2.238 million with Sotheby's in April. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, who has the best chance of winning next year's NBA Finals? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.